Hi, my name is David. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from high expectations of myself and others, which lead to shame, anxiety, and anger. To ease these emotions, I often seek comfort in pornography, masturbation, self-harm, food, achievement, and approval of others. Hey, everyone. I grew up in a Christian home with believing parents and a younger sister. Growing up, I set high expectations on myself to be a good student and a good Christian. I often internalize that my value comes from others and that I must perform for them instead of believing that my worth only comes from God. Despite this, I was baptized in the fifth grade when I professed my belief in, my belief in Christ. Later that year, I heard about sex, stumbled on, upon pornography, and started ma masturbating habitually. I was hooked. Despite being saved, my relationship with the Lord didn't bear fruit until a junior high church retreat. I started to understand what it meant to have a personal relationship with Christ. However, this desire to connect with God was fleeting. In high school, I continued to seek the approval of others by conveying the image that I was a good student and a good Christian. That looked like me bragging about my hard work and good grades, going on mission trips, and regularly attending church. However, I hid my addictions from those around me out of embarrassment, shame, and fear of being hurt. I had little to no personal relationship with Christ, despite my outward appearance. In college, I desired to grow my relationship with the Lord, but no more than I desired good grades, an excellent job after college, and honoring my parents' financial generosity and paying for my education. All of these things fed my anxiety. I would have rare but brief seasons of freedom, but eventually I would run back to the things outside of God's commands to avoid these anxious thoughts. Like, to, like seeking comfort beyond him through food, pulling out my hair, masturbation, pornography, or receiving affirmation via inappropriate relationships with women. These different activities often brought much shame and embarrassment, so I sparingly let people in. When I did, I never let people see the complete picture of who I was. In my senior year of college, God used various, various circumstances to have me go to a different university for grad school. Despite being thankful for this opportunity, I hit rock bottom. While often working 65 to 80 hours a week, I further dug into the sim patterns I already mentioned. My regular grad school routine would, would be to work 12 to 14 hours a day, pick, a late night, pick up a late night pizza or fast food, eat to comfort my seemingly always present anxiety, walk upstairs at midnight, open my laptop, and pursue pleasure. After grad school, I, once I got the job I longed for, God showcased how unfulfilling pursuing achievement is with all my heart and how much I needed him in various areas of my life. I concluded that I need to become more involved in church and have a consistent accountability if I genuinely care about my faith. A friend told me about Watermark and how they do community, which was enough for me to, do, to pursue membership. While going through community formation, a stranger at the time revealed hidden sin that I never imagined I would hear in a small group setting on our first night together. This vulnerability, this vulnerability struck a chord with me and made me desire what he had as I clearly saw the spirit moving in him. I saw the impact of confessing by this stranger, and over the coming months, with a bit of tugging from the Holy Spirit, I started revealing parts of my life I thought I would take to the grave, like confessing how I slept with someone in high school and reignited that relationship in grad school. Despite all the confessions and tears through prayer and community group, I continued to have significant sin patterns in my life, but didn't understand why I would continue to have these hangups. My community group said I should consider going through the 12 steps. I initially said it wasn't for me, but it was clear that God was revealing to me in circumstances that there was some uncovering that needed to be done. With prayer and a little convincing, I decided to pursue Regen, and that former stranger I mentioned earlier became my mentor. 
During regen, I was encouraged by several friends to lay down aisles of mine to focus on my recovery. The first was not to date for 12 months, which wasn't easy to justify because hanging out with women is pretty fun. Um, second, uh, more out of the tug from the Holy Spirit, I decided to refrain from using work as a justification for not completing and committing to recovery. Abiding by those decisions proved very fruitful. I learned the following lessons during the 12 steps. In groundwork, I learned, the, I learned two things. The goal and focus of Regen isn't just fixing our sin, but cultivating a deep, abiding, and a loving relationship with Christ. Second, nothing can change the condition of God's love for each of us. It is truly unconditional. In Luke 15, within the prodigal son parable, a father has two sons, and the younger son asks for his inheritance from his father. The father grants the son his inheritance to him, and the son squanders his wealth foolishly and was in a wretched state. Finally, after coming to his senses, the prodigal son returned home, and the father welcomed him with open arms and celebrated his return by running towards him and kissing him. This parable beautifully characterizes God's love for each of us and that we aren't dependent on performance, but we are asked to come to him. To build off of that, God loves us in our brokenness and loves our most broken parts, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Psalm 56, 8 states, You have taken account of my miseries, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? God wants us to bring our whole selves to him, especially in times of grief and hardship. He isn't dependent on me to perform. Instead, we are called to a state of dependence on him. John 15, 5 states, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, and I in you, for apart from me, you can do nothing. In inventory, I discovered how much I idolize the opinion of others. I learned how much I resent people who don't affirm me in my work or get in my way of accomplishing achievements. In step five, confession, I learned about living in the light within community. Community it is so freeing and essential for healing, and sharing the last 1% provides the most freedom and the greatest weapon to shame. In forgiveness, I learned to trust God in his plan for, of justice for my hurts, specifically with family members and people from work. I'm reminded that biblical forgiveness allows me to love others the way Christ loves me. The acronym FREE helped me understand how to forgive even when I was struggling with, with the hurts from my past. F, face the truth. R, release the hurt. E, entrust justice to God. E, exalt Christ. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 states, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in God forgave you. After commencing from Egen, it's become even more apparent that I'm still very broken. I continue to idolize seeking lust, comfort, and the opinion of others. In addition, I've continued to uncover broken areas of, of my life, like codependency and shame. However, as I learn more about my brokenness, I repent and acknowledge the truth mentioned in the following verse. 2 Corinthians 12.9 states, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm thankful for the healing God has provided my life. He healed certain areas of my life to a much greater depth, depth than I thought possible. For a long time, my sister and I had a very dysfunctional relationship. We are very different. 
I'm loud, she's quiet. I'm very active, she's a homebody. I have much to say, she has very little to say. We both view the world very differently. However, God used the steps of forgiveness and amends to reconcile our relationship and cultivate trust, intimacy, and warmth. I'm so thankful. For a long time, I thought I would resent her and we'd have a distant relationship as we grew old. As far as I can see, Christ proved me wrong. Next, I have found, recently found significant freedom from pornography and masturbation. Three years ago, this addiction consumed me multiple times a day to once a week for about a decade. However, through God and his faithfulness, I have found significant healing. I have had freedom from pornography and masturbation for a year and a half. I am so thankful and can only contribute, can attribute it to God and his faithfulness. With that, we shouldn't rest on the amount of freedom we have overcome, but be reminded of God, God's love for us and respond to that love by pursuing a relationship with him. For the past few months, it's been a privilege to serve in Groundwork and hear some of the, your stories. I look forward to Monday nights each week. It is truly one of the best parts of my week. At the same time, I'm encouraged by many of you who continue who continue to pursue deepening your relationship with the Lord and finding healing from various addictions and reconciliation relationships within Groundwork. For people attending Regen the first time, welcome. This is an amazing place to find healing and experience Christ's love. It takes courage to walk through those doors, and I encourage you to continue in your boldness and commit to your recovery. There's a good chance you'll be surprised by God's faithfulness. I know he did for me. My name is David. I have a new life in Christ. And recovering from high expectations of myself and others, which lead to shame, anxiety, and anger. To ease these emotions, I often seek comfort in pornography, masturbation, self-harm, food, achievement, and approval of others. To God be all the glory. Thank you.